0: Everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today, long awaited, we are going to be talking about Path of Deceit, um, which is the first High Republic YA novel in phase two. And just kind of a note going forward, we are going to be focusing primarily on books to respect the SAG-AFTRA and writer strike that is going on right now. Um, And we wanted to talk a little bit about that at the top of the show. So SAG-AFTRA is striking, represents 160,000 actors, the majority of which are working class. Um, Big name movie stars are really like the minority here. Mm -hmm. You have to be making 26,000 a year to even be eligible for benefits. And most of these members don't even apply. I
1: think it was something like 86 or 87 percent of members are not eligible for those benefits, and a lot of those actors are making, like,
0: so little that they have second and third jobs. Um, Yeah, it's absolutely wild, because, you know, like, Alex and I are, like, a huge fan of Gilmore Girls, and we found out, um, is it Sean Gunn? That's his name, right? Yeah, his brother is James, yeah. Right, I wanted to make sure I said that right, so Sean Gunn, he plays Kirk, he's in, like, every episode of Gilmore Girls, he's getting, like, no kickback.
1: And that well, shows that's having of, such a
0: big resurgence.
1: You know, that's one of the things that they're striking for is residuals in streaming because mm-hmm. no one's seeing residuals anymore like the same way they did with cable. Um, you know, actors from
0: Orange New Black are seeing sense. <laughs> Literally like, like a penny <laughs> for an episode. It's and wild. that, you know, like, that show, like, made Netflix. It did. Like, that was... When Netflix became a thing, it was Orange is the New Black. Like, that was <laughs> that was the show. Without it, I don't think Netflix would be at all what it is. It's mm-hmm. it's insane to me. And they some of these actors were talking about, you know, like, back in the quote-unquote olden days, um, you would film for a very long time. That show would be running, like, all year. It would have breaks. And now with streaming... You film for like a couple of months. They package it off. They send it out. And you don't even know if it's going to get picked up or yeah. what you're going to get. It's the same get. thing
1: for the writers, too. That's something that the writers are striking for is that these, you know, short shows that are 10 episodes each like are not lasting them a whole year of income, whereas back when cable was a thing and you would get 24 episodes per season, you know, that's a whole year of work.
0: Yeah, well, and, you know, we've expressed this frustration in the past where these shows get one season and then they get canceled. With especially TV shows, like, it takes a long time to develop characters, and these writers, like, really do create some of these amazing characters and these amazing storylines, and then they're not given the time to develop them, and then they're not being compensated for these Mm -hmm. IPs that they're creating. And just the fact that, They're throwing around using AI to generate scripts or to even be extras. I oh, the extra thing is insane. It's literally Black Mirror. They literally did a Black Mirror episode about it. Like, so
1: the fact that you know. These asks, like, I've seen, like, the SAG, like, what they're asking for and then what the AMPTP are kind of responding back. And it's just ridiculous that they're not even coming to the table about this AI thing. It's just, like, rejected. It's yeah. like, nah, we're going to do what we want. They're basically saying that, like, extras, background characters can come in for one day of work for them to, I guess, collect their appearance for the company to collect the appearance and then they can use their basically AI person like forever and not pay them more. Like they just paid this person for
0: a day. That was literally the first episode of the new season of Black Mirror, Mm -hmm. like literally. And I, um, so I'm a teacher and before school we do like professional development. And one of the classes that I took was about AI and it's terrifying. What this thing can do, like especially GPT and how it pulls from all of these sources and it doesn't tell you what sources it's pulling from. And it's just like, oh, I made this out of thin air, like the plagiarism that comes with stuff like that.
1: For sure. Like and you're you know, you're teaching middle school. So those kids are more savvy at using the Internet and Mm -hmm. it's like more in danger for, you know, middle school and high school kids to be using that and plagiarizing and the teacher not even knowing.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it, it's just wild. And so the fact that these corporations think that they can use this to get around paying writers is, is literally <laughs> insane to me. Like, we, Alex and I watch so much that's, like, up for Emmys, and all of it is now, like, struck work. Like, all of them are striking. And the fact that they're up for Emmys tells you, like, what amazing work that they did, yeah. and they're just—they're not being compensated correctly for it. So there has been a lot of misinformation on Twitter um, about scabbing slash crossing the picket line. We recommend um, just do your research and listen to um, SAG official accounts. If they are not a SAG official account, like. They might not know what's going on. They might be, like, having their Mm -hmm. own input, that kind of thing. Especially, like, a week ago, you were seeing so many people who were not even
1: members of either of these unions just telling people what to do. Yeah. (laughs) Like, please (laughs) at least listen to members.
0: Yes. Well, because if anybody's going to know, it's the members. And there was a lot of stuff up in the air about, like, influencers and podcasts, because that's never Mm -hmm. really been, like, a thing before. Um, And as of today, so today is, like, Monday the 24th, um, we have gotten official word about podcasts. So according to the SEG. SAG guidelines, um, podcasts that are like rewatching or a companion to like movies, TV shows, that kind of thing is considered promoting struck work. And so for that reason, moving forward with Lipstick and Lightsabers, we are primarily going to be focusing on publishing. Um, we'll probably talk about, we, we've talked about doing like some stuff for Speak Now, even when like Guts from Olivia, Olivia Rodrigo comes mm-hmm. out. So we are still going to be, talking about these things that, like, bring us joy, but we aren't going to be covering things like Ahsoka, like the TV shows or anything like that.
1: Yeah. I will say, though, we were not going to be
0: <laughs> covering Ahsoka anyway. No, we were not. Um, <laughs> if I can just be petty for one second, I do think it's kind of funny that all of this is happening right when Ahsoka was going to yeah out. <laughs> But, yeah, we're, we're going to be moving away from that. And the good news is with especially Lucasfilm Publishing right now, like with the higher public, there's so much we can talk about and haven't had a chance to yet. So that's really wonderful. So I'm happy for that. Um, We as a podcast have not received um, promotional materials from studios in the past, um, and we won't be accepting promotional contracts with any AMPTP um, during the strike. Um, If uh, SAG or the Writers Guild ask for, for further boycotting, we will follow their guidelines. But as of right now, it is our understanding that like boycotting movies and TV would just hurt the unions mm-hmm. because we want to show that like we support their work and yeah. they should be compensated.
1: We support all of the hard work they put into things, and does and they rightly deserve to be compensated better and not. Have I- AI take
0: their jobs? Absolutely. Well, that's what people were talking about. They're like, should people boycott like Oppenheimer and Barbie? Because like Barbenheimer was coming out, and the large thing was, no, we want people to know that you like this stuff. We just also want to be compensated for it. So as of right now, it's mostly just like don't promote the struck work which we're not going to be doing and just spread the word like we we need these writers we need these actors like working in this industry like if you can think of any media that you enjoy you enjoy it because of somebody who is not being fairly compensated so that's what we want and hopefully they will finally come to the offering table with some better things because as of right now like nobody's wanting to negotiate and it's over Things like taking breaks, yeah, you
1: know, or um, being paid. the the one the the one Sag Afro one that was um, about being paid on time. That they are asking for, you know, these companies to be fined for paying um, late, and they're like, no. Well, no, they're like, no, we recognize that we always pay late, but we're we're not gonna we're not gonna put that fine higher, yeah.
0: Like, one of the things on here is like, you know, performers need compensation to reflect the value they bring to streamers. And they're, they literally were just like, no, not going to come to the table at all. It's. (laughs) And they're just so greedy because these CEOs
1: are making, you know, seven, eight figures. Bob
0: Iger's making eight figures. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, it's, yeah, it's very upsetting because these. Like corporations literally mean nothing without the people who are making it work. Um, And we're just seeing that these people like these big corporations, these heads, these CEOs, they don't care. They just Mm -hmm. they want all the money for themselves. Um, If you want to support SAG-AFTRA, please consider giving a donation to the Emergency Financial Assistance Program. Um, I will link that in the show notes of this episode. I'll probably link that in the episodes going forward, so you can always pop down there if you want to donate. This will help the SAG-AFTRA performers and their families in urgent financial need um, due to the paperwork or due to the work shortage. Um and this strike is important for everyone because it's setting a precedent for American work compensation and AI. We're in a really weird time with AI. Yeah. So this this literally sets the precedent for what is okay. It's
1: completely true because everyone in different, you know, fields of work are going to be affected by the outcome of this strike.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I know, like, in our friend group in particular, like, you know, you work with writers and things like that. And we have another friend who, like, she does, like, translations and subtitles. So she's being affected as well. Mm -hmm. So this is very wide-reaching.
1: And I will say, like, the tag, so the animation union, um, their contracts are up next year. So it's really important for them to see that their, you know, their friends also get...
0: Good deals this year. hmm Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like I said, we will be moving forward um, mostly with books. So today we are discussing Path of Deceit. Um, we will follow that up with Path of Vengeance once it has been read. Um, but that is going to be on the pipeline. Um, like we said before as well, we already knew we weren't going to be covering Ahsoka. So we had already been planning for that. We're just shifting more towards books instead of like rewatches and other things like that. Mm-hmm. So speaking of books, um, I have two quote unquote recommendations that are books. I have been in one of the worst reading slumps I think I've ever been in, in a long time. Like I have just book after book after book has been missing for me. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I it's to the point where I'm like, so like shy about starting a new book. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. what if it's just the same again? Um, And so, like, I was so surprised. I started listening to an audiobook. Um, It's called A Fate of Wrath and Flame, which is such a stereotypical young adult title. It's about this girl who, like, has to go undercover and pretend to be this princess who's, like, engaged to this king and, like, I I wasn't expecting anything of it. And, like, I've been so shocked. I'm not done with it. I'm, like, uh, I have, like, 40% left. It's actually really fascinating the world building is very good and I squealed in the car because like these people have like affinities to elements okay and we find out that the person the main character is pretending to be has an affinity for water and she was like well what affinity does the king have and I was literally in the car and I'm like if they say fire I'm gonna scream and they said fire <laughs> <laughs> so you know <laughs> it's it's very good i i think that um it could be considered a little bit slow because it's a lot of like information dumping but the information is so juicy it's just so good mm-hmm. and um she knows that she has to like <laughs> her instructions are to take the stone that's in this thing and she's like okay so I just need to steal it and then she finds out that it's actually like a slab and um take might mean um to to be taken by a partner and I'm just like the tropes are good the tropes are very good so I'm I'm looking uh, I'm I'm very looking much forward to finishing this book so moving on from that into the news um this one's really exciting we got a cover for the next book in the crescent city trilogy the last book in the crescent city yes. trilogy it's beautiful house of flame and shadow
1: and it's out on january 30th yes were Very you t- also surprised it wasn't purple
0: um
1: oh like i see we yeah cuz you know the um the co- like the cover of it before it was like cover to be revealed was mm-hmm. actually purple Yes, yeah, it's
0: like black and gold. Now it's
1: like, yeah, it's gold, flame and shadow. Well, I mean, flame. Yeah, it'd be weird if it was purple. I think.
0: I don't know. Well, shadows I, I, are purple sometimes. True. I, I think. <laughs> it, I think it's fitting. I do think it's fitting. Uh, remind me, did you read Sky and Breath? No, I need to do that. Okay. <laughs> See, like, listen, like that's something else that we could do. <laughs> I yeah, I have the book
1: with me here because I'm mm-hmm. actually not home right now, but I have the book with me. It's on my to. person. I could read it, but I should. It's very long. Yeah, I should read. I'm gonna you know read Path of Vengeance mm-hmm. first, and um. Then read this, hopefully. It is very long. Mm-hmm. It's a big boy. I will say, Path of Vengeance is also a big boy.
0: It is. It's one of the bigger ones for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, I was kind of surprised. It's like a proper it's, YA I was book. surprised
1: um, grabbing it off the shelf, seeing it beside Path of Deceit. And I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. Path of Deceit was a lot smaller.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's I'm a really big boy. and I'm really excited. And I think, I, the, mean, I think the only one longer might be um, Lost Stars
1: that's true, that is a pretty big one, but, you know, like, Lost Stars just reads so quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, myself, need to go back and read Sky and Breath, I think, because I, I wasn't as into it as I was Earth and Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that ending is something. <laughs> is something to behold. Yeah. So, I am, um, I will say, if you ha- t- this goes to anybody, if you have not read Sky and Breath, like, don't don't look at anything that's gonna come out for flame and shadow because i have a feeling they're gonna spoil the ending with the promotion for flame and flame and shadow and you like don't want the ending spoiled um also this is like
1: on topic one thing that i will say sarah j mass is getting a bit of heat for recently is that new paperback cover of house of earth and blood because it's ai
0: oh that's true Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I
1: just wanted to bring that up because we were talking about AI and we are mm-hmm. excited for this new book in our series. Um, it's just like pay an author, especially, you know, I-, I wonder what it's like to be, you know, that artist who did the covers, the original covers and seeing mm-hmm. this after. You know, it's like she could have got commissioned to do a brand new cover where he could have got commissioned to do a brand new cover, and it's just an AI thing. I mean, I don't know how much say Sarah has, if it's more of the publishing That's house, true. It could be Bloomsbury. But yeah. still, either way, I just wanted to bring it up because we were talking about this series.
0: No, but that's a good point because that she's not the only one who has been like falling prey to that. I feel like more and more book covers are starting to appear with AI-generated art. And when it's a Big author like that, that has like a lot of power, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Well, it's like we were saying, you know, uh, setting precedent with SAG, Mm -hmm. and Sarah J. Mass is a huge author with a lot of influence. So it's, you know, setting precedent.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes me happy, like, um, you know, all of these Relos who are, like, getting book deals, you know, like, as Allie Hazelwood is, like, yeah. a very great example and of this. And it's great that Lilasaur, they're yes. working together, Lilasaur like, is doing the covers. It's such, like, an amazing collaboration, because it was, like, such a big fanfic author, and then, like, a huge, like, artist in the community coming together, mm-hmm. and that's also happening for um, Hurricane Wars, which is yeah. Thea, so she did, what, is it After Blossom? I think so. Yeah. Um so that's really awesome. Like I I want to see more of that. Like mm-hmm. I want more collaboration going Friendship. forward. Yeah, cuz this precedent with AI, like if they decide that they can do that with actors, like they will start doing it with artists and AI cannot create art. It is just pulling from sources and mi- mm-hmm. like mixing them together. So it it is plagiarism. So We do have a book that is out. Um, Neither one of us have started it yet, but it is Delilah Dawson's um, Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade. I was talking to Alex beforehand. I always have mixed feelings when it comes to Delilah Dawson. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so I, I do think that I will read it. I'll probably listen to it, you know. Yeah. But remains to be seen. I kind of forgot that this book came out, to be perfectly honest, um, but I do like the cover. So I'm I'm interested, we'll say.
1: She also it also did drop like last week in the midst of like the strike mm-hmm. being on everyone's mind. Um, so I'm sure it kind of got buried in the news of everything, too.
0: Oh, 100 percent. So we do have some news that we can talk about from San Diego Comic-Con. Um, Lucasfilm did have their big publishing panel, so it's not just um, the higher public, but we are mostly going to be focusing on the higher public. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting is that Kevin Scott is doing a story called Tales from the Death Star, and its I- I'm guessing it's going to be like an anthology of stories all taking place on the Death Star. And it does say it goes all the way through the rise of Skywalker, so like I want to trust Kevin, but I have trauma. (laughs) It's Kevin, though. It is Kevin, like, and after Path of Vengeance, like honestly, like I don't know. I think Kevin. I I think Kevin, and I think in Kevin we can trust. You know,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, we did learn a little bit about um, Eye of Darkness, which is by George Mann. So that's the the next adult novel that'll kick off wave 3 and he said that it is brutal interesting <laughs> <laughs> um my favorite thing that came out was so we got defi- we learned about defy the store which is the young adult novel which is once again by Justina Ireland and Tessa gratton which mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about today um, and it's, it's about Avon, Avon Staros learning her mother is hooking up with Mercury and Roe. <laughs> it is. And can I just say, like, the cover is gorgeous. Oh, it's the background it's, on my phone. It's so good. I made it the background on my phone um. the way I want to be. I want to be Vernestra Rose so bad. Did they, like, reveal who the artist is for this cover? It's so beautiful. Maybe on, like, StarWars.com. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Somebody tweeted about it. So it's definitely... I also really like the cover for Escape from Ballow. I like the colors. It's cute. So the, the artist who did um, Defy the Storm is um, Corey Brickley.
1: Okay. Just And...
0: Love it. They also did They should
1: sell that in print form at next celebration or just like
0: Yeah. I want to put that up on my wall. I would buy it. They also did Path of Deceit and Path of Vengeance as well. Hmm. So that's exciting. I really like the cover for Path of Vengeance. I think it like really hints at a lot of like the big story things. Especially next to Path of Deceit, it works out really well. Um so, all of this is going to kick off um, going into, like, September, October, November with new higher public. I'm really excited. Like, I have um, the Tales of Light and Life, which is the anthology coming out in September. And I'm very excited because it, it's going to, like, bridge some of the gap. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really cool. Did you know, though, there's a Barnes
1: & Noble version of that that is going to have an extra story? Ooh, so even the the copy you have doesn't have that extra story. So you might have to go make a little Barnes and Noble trip and read the sec- that section.
0: <laughs> Drive an hour to Barnes and Noble. Oh yeah, yeah you, there's no there's none near you. I know. There's well, they also- do that with Sarah J. Moss books too. Um, they they mentioned that in the the new book there's going to be like a in one of the editions there's a Bryce and um, Hunt scene and. The one time I have read a Sarah J. Moss extra like scene or chapter, I wasn't a fan. So, <laughs> so. just staying away. Yeah. It was the um do you you know about the cast? not the Cassian, um the Azriel chapter that she like it's it's like in a special edition? What is you know it what is attached to? Uh frost and starlight. Oh.
1: Maybe, because I have, so I have the Indigo exclusive of that, Mm -hmm. so I have a feeling it's probably the same as the Barnes & Noble one, or similar. Yeah, there
0: was a, I think there was two scenes that you could get that were extra with Frost and Starlight, and one of them is Asriel, and I read it, and I live in fear of when she writes from Asriel's POV, because I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just, it wasn't what I was expecting. (laughs) Um, I
1: also want to mention that there's going to be a High Republic character encyclopedia coming out. <gasps> we need that. Do you see the whole uh, preview page of Salangios? No. He's 5'11". Oh, wait. Let me send... Send it to me. Um, if you scroll down to, I think it's like number five,
0: number six. Um, oh, well, and I'm, I'm scrolling by uh, Elzar Mann with my friends in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the shadows shadows of starlight comic by Charles mm-hmm. Soule. Yes, my friend's in there. Yeah, you're right. Escape from Vallow is really cute. Now I'm scrolling through. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Okay, so I see Lena, the Gear page. Look at that Stellan Geos artwork. I, That's like, my I man. love this book. It looks so cool. Um. Noble end. I see some lies and slander, um, but that's okay. I'll forgive it for now. <laughs> um, yeah, that looks amazing. Loyal friend. No Jedi is ever alone. Um, we need that so bad. Does it say when it's coming out? Over two hundred characters. No. Wow, that's amazing. Ten out of ten. I want that. I want that. That's not, that looks good. Okay, so I think with that we are ready to get into *Path of Deceit* by Justina Ireland and Tessa Gratton. Uh, I would like to first start off by saying that this is a Justina Ireland fan account. We we've never d- doubted her. Never she, ever. She just she just
1: releases releases bops. Yes. Like bop after bop. Yes. And I'm a big fan of this duo. I am excited to see their next book together, because I feel like they work really well together. It felt like it was one voice telling Mm -hmm. this story. A big fan of this book.
0: I will say one thing, because I too am a huge fan of this duo. I think that they did an amazing job. I agree with you on that. And I was so excited because I saw that they published a fantasy novel together. Um, which is called Chaos and Flame. And I wasn't super into it. And I was so sad that I wasn't super into it. But it's like, it's kind of like Avatar The Last Airbender AU, a little bit. Um, and it's a little gender bent and some interesting things. So the ideas are there. But so far, where I'm really seeing both of them shine is Star Wars. Because um, Tessa Grattan also did Quest for Planet X, and I think she did a really, really good job with that. Um, so honestly, like, if I see either of these two authors, and then especially if they're working together, like, I know it's going to be a bop. Like, Defy the Storm is going to hit. <laughs> I'm ready for that. <laughs> I will say, like, non-spoilery um, when I read Path of Deceit, I went on record and I said, this is the best YA novel that Star Wars has done in a long time. Like, Lost, I think it's going to take a lot to knock Lost Stars yeah, off. Yeah,
1: I agree with you, though. Mm-hmm. I felt that way, too. I felt very connected to the characters. And I don't know if I've felt that in a YA novel since. Like, it's been a,
0: it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say, like, when it comes to The High Republic... The YA novels have really been killing it. But in phase one, it was really just Justina's that I really liked. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in phase two, like, both of them were bangers.
1: Yeah. And with phase one, I felt really connected to the characters in the adult books Mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, And then phase two, like, really not connecting with the adult books as much. Mm -hmm. I really find that these books did it for me. These main characters were very likable, and I was, like, gripped by the end with, like, you know, kind of twists. <laughs> I didn't really see coming. <laughs> um, I think I felt like the book was going one way,
0: and it didn't go that way. Yeah. and But, you know, it was all good. Like, I was happy that I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I I also want to say that in phase one, I felt like the the YA books didn't really, like, bleed into each other all that much, Um, like, they just kind of were YA iterations of, like, whatever was coming next, whereas I really do feel like Path of Deceit and Path of Vengeance feel like true, like connection there's like a, a big connection with them and I don't know how they did it but like Kevin telling the other half of the story just slots in so perfectly like this this trio crafted something really special here like handing Marta off to him and like seeing the rest of her story is like so amazing um and I I really can't wait to see like what's gonna come from that in the future because when it comes to phase two like these books are where it is at. They did such a good job. So, couple of things. Um, with this book, we're introduced to the planet of Dalna, which I do believe we heard about in phase one. But I don't I,
1: remember. I, yeah, I don't. So it,
0: it sounds familiar. Planets don't usually stick with me very well. No, they really don't. <laughs> like, this is why I'm a map girly. If I don't have a map, it's just, it's going nowhere. <laughs> you know? Um... But this planet is in the same system as Erim and Ironome, which is like the big set piece for the adult novels. So that's kind of where it fits in there. Yeah. I didn't even know that, though, until I read Quest for Planet X. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: well, they, they do mention it in this book a lot. That the, you know, the path of the open hand has been recruiting people from those planets. Because mm-hmm. I think there's been a lot of displacement because of the war. Mm-hmm. So people are looking for new homes. So people are moving to Donna, you know, being kind of introduced to this
0: religion. It's definitely a religion. It's definitely like a cult vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wanna say when I started reading this book, and you can probably speak to it as well, like I knew going into it, we knew that there was gonna be a character named Marta Rowe, which is important because the villain in phase one is um Marcurian Rowe. So they are related, they're the same species. We don't know a ton about them. So that was one thing. <laughs> but then I'm reading this, I'm learning about the path of the open hand, we're learning about the three wavy lines. We're learning that they're building a spaceship called the Gaze Electric, and you're like, hold on, hold on a second. Is this the Nile? <laughs> like right, in, like at the immediately at the beginning of this book. It's like, is this the precursor to the Nile? They were a peaceful flower picking religion. <laughs> flower. I mean, they yeah, were flowers. I. I <laughs>
1: I'm, like, hesitant to call them peaceful completely. Well, outwardly um, peaceful, let's say. <laughs> but, yeah, like, we, I do feel like we're seeing the precursor to the Nile, and um, I have a feeling that they do actually go through many main uh, name changes before they get to the Nile, and mm-hmm. it's interesting to me, like, how do they get to that name?
0: True. Well, and like I'm interested to see like how they get to this storm mentality that we have later because you you read that first Mercurian Row comic, right? Did I? I don't remember. So there's there's two issues of this I don't think I did. Okay. Well, anyway. There's two issues of a Mercurian Row comic. That I, they haven't published more I'm guessing because it gets spoilery. But in the first comic, they kind of talk about like the origins of his species. The Evereni? Yes. And like mm-hmm. they come from like a like a storm world. So like it made sense to me that the Nile was kind of like the tiers of the Nile were like modeled after storms and like kind of like a hurricane and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um you do learn that the Evereni are not liked by the rest of the galaxy, no. which you do see in this book. Oh, um, it's like
1: one of the main themes. But it's like interesting because Marta, like, doesn't know why. <laughs> like, Marta doesn't really know about her own species.
0: Mm mm. Well, because um, so they they were displaced, just yeah. like a lot of people in the past.
1: Well, that that's what makes it so interesting is, like, getting to the storm mentality. Marta doesn't even know that much about her own culture. Mm-hmm. So, like, where is that switch where they do start embracing the ever any culture in the future?
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, like, how do we get from Marta to Marky Mark? Because they're very different. Um, yes. <laughs> like I I love Marta. they created such an amazing Y a like I guess protagonist is the word for her because she is like one of the main characters because she she teaches the little children she like is she's in like a daycare of, teacher. She's literally like a daycare teacher you know and she, truly believes in this religion like she has been like ushered into it this path of the open hand and she is just very much like this loyal follower and she's Mm -hmm. very meek she's very unassuming
1: she doesn't question it um she is very much an optimist i would say she sees the good in everything um which makes it really interesting to have her cousin be in this novel too. I love Yana Yana. Um, And they are so different. I think they're only like a few years apart, but Yana does remember more about their home and being in Everani and the culture. And she is more um, aware of the hatred that they get because um, her job within... the the path is more outside of Donna. Like, she leaves the planet, so she encounters, like, other people, other cultures. So she is more...
0: I would say, like, Marta's very sheltered. Marta is very sheltered, and I I do think that, in some ways, Yana wants her to be... Like, she wants her to stay, like... You know, like, ignorance is bliss. Like, Mm -hmm. she, she wants her to stay innocent, I feel. Um... Because like Yana does get to go out and see the world and Yana's job within the path is much harder than Marta's is. Mm -hmm. And Marta does not know the details unless you do what Yana does. You don't get to know the details. Um, And I think that is what kind of drives a rift in their relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very hard for them to relate to each other like as the story goes on especially going into the second book as well. Well I
1: I would say that like Marta thinks that Yana's job is just to spread the joy and spread the gospel of the religion and that is not her job. (laughs) That is not her (laughs) job. So Marta is actually very jealous because she feels very qualified for the job of recruiting new people and Mm -hmm. like bringing people into this religion that she's so passionate about so she this is at the very beginning of the book you know she feels sad about being rejected over not being able to take this job as one of the children of the mother
0: Mm -hmm. yes and speaking of the mother like to talk a little bit more about this cult so it's the path of the open hand the center of which is an individual called the mother Um, her real name is alicia um and their belief is that the Force should be free. Um, No one person should be able to control the Force, so naturally they do not look kindly upon the Jedi. They feel that if you try to manipulate the Force to your own whims, it's going to cause a ripple effect somewhere else in the world. So, like, for example, if you use the Force to, like, you know, float a pair over to your girlfriend <laughs> on Naboo. That's going to cause, you know, like a tidal wave on, like, another planet or something like that, yeah. right? Um, so they feel very strongly that the Jedi, like, have it wrong. They There are a lot of other... Um, I Almost want to say like religions around the force, like, like the, you, the guardians of the wells, like the guardians of the wells. Um, there's mm-hmm. some others as well. Um, I think there was like some priests or something. There are priests, there's yeah. um, almost like this sorceress cult as well. You could even consider the night sisters a little bit, yeah. Um, so everybody kind of has their own take, and theirs is that you should not ever meddle with the force they believe they live kind of like on a commune they believe that like gifts should be freely given and like things like that so it seems very nice on the outside however <laughs> um we are introduced very early on to a character named sunshine dobbs and sunshine dobbs is not a good person <laughs> he he is um a thief a con man whatever um And he is introduced to the path because he is selling them some kind of orb. And the mother wants his help in locating other objects. So they are on the hunt for these artifacts. And there is also the question of how the path has so much money. (laughs) Because they do, in fact, have quite a lot of funds, even though they appear to just be regular old farmers living in huts out in the country. So I think we can get into our other main character, Mm -hmm. um, which is a Padawan.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, like, many YA books, you know, we got to have some sprinkly romance. Yes. So we need to find, you know, a romantic love interest for Marta. Yes. Which
0: seems so wild because, well, I mean, it's just begging for it because Marta is such a loyal follower of this path. And they hate the Jedi. And they hate the Jedi, so So who better?
1: Yeah, we have this um, Padawan, Kevmo Zink. He is not a great Jedi in in terms of resolve, I guess. Like, he Mm -hmm. is a big personality. He has big feelings, too. And um, he flirts with everything. Um, One thing that I found really interesting is that even though he's big in all of his actions, they also describe his connection with the Force also big. Like, he has a Mm -hmm. very easy, like, time connecting with the Force. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not something that he has to dig deep for. He just has this kind of, like, flowing energy with the Force
0: that he almost needs to learn to restrain a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting because... Marta is a character who has a really complicated relationship with the Force, Um, like because she doesn't really have any kind of connection with it, and she sees it as something to be like revered, you know, and at a distance. And Kevmo has such a intimate relationship with the Force, so to see that reflected in that way is really fascinating. So, you know, she is a very loyal member of the Path, and he is a loyal Padawan. He does not see anything wrong with using the Force. He believes in the mission of the Jedi. And so it's really interesting when these two characters meet, they don't hate each other. Like like you mentioned, Kevmo is, like, immediately infatuated with Marta.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: And another thing that they're both attracted
1: to is that so... Kavamo is a Pantoran so he has um, tattoos on his face because culturally that's what Pantorans have Um, and then in the path they wear blue paint on their faces so they're kind of like attracted to each other because they both have these like intricate like art on their faces they're not just like plain so they're both Mm -hmm. like whoa.
0: Yeah well it kind of shows that they have this like deeper devotion and connection and I think despite the fact that they their views are conflicting, they recognize and respect that within each other. So it's like even though Marta does not agree with the Jedi, she respects that he is devoted in like the same way that she is devoted. Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is really interesting. Like I I loved every interaction with Marta and Kevmo. I think we should get into probably a
1: spoiler warning. Because I think okay. we talked a little bit about the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. Um so I would say we're going to start really talking about the plot. I think.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And would you like to to get us into the plot? Yeah. So
1: like, this is a bit of, about the prologue, but there's this one char- character named Sunshine, and he's a collector. Um, but he has deaths with the Huts, and basically, the mother is looking for Force artifacts. And Sunshine goes to her and offers her some Force artifacts and she's like, no, this is, like, garbage. And then there's this <laughs> one thing that Sunshine brings out finally and it's this, like, purple orb. And um, the mother is like, oh, my God, yes. And um, pays for it and everything. And then kind of do- agrees to have Sunshine on contract. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Sunshine is gone for most of the book and comes back later. And he's very important but it, he's just in the prologue and then comes back. And then yes. this orb is also very important.
0: Yes. So it, it's, you know, she gets that very early on and that those two things, like the orb and sunshine, are like very heavy hitters, um, even going into the second book, like just knowing their role and things like that. Um, and we did talk a little bit about Yana. Um, and I, I just want to bring up here again that Yana... With her role as like a um, child, so she's part of the children, so she gets to go on these like quote unquote outreach mitchin- missions. Um, she has a girlfriend. Her name is Core, and her father is known as the Herald. So he's kind of the second in command, yeah, like, under he's the kind mother, of like
1: in on the council. Because there's also like elders too. There's mm-hmm. like the mother, the Herald, and then the elders, and they're kind of like the leadership within the path.
0: Yes. And I would say that um, the Herald as a character, he kind of serves to butt heads with Yana, whereas like Mm -hmm. the mother are kind of at odds, even though it doesn't really see that quite at the beginning.
1: At the beginning, it's kind of like shown as like, oh, she doesn't get along with her father in law. It's almost like, Mm -hmm. oh, like, does he not like approve of their relationship? But it gets like much deeper than that.
0: Yeah, Um. I actually really like, um, they actually get a really interesting, um, scene in the comics. It's, like, one of the very last comics. I think it's, like, Mm -hmm. issue 9 or 10. Um, and it really, like, informs their relationship. Kevin actually does a really, really good job of expanding the Herald's character, um, so I love seeing like his beginnings in this because he's a very interesting man. When we first are introduced to Kevmo, he's with his
1: master, Zala, and they um, are kind of called onto a mission um, to find out like why force artifacts keep go- going missing. Um, and their first lead is that there's a missionary group from Donna that was registered with some immigration records on the planet where uh, Artifact went missing. Mm-hmm. So that's how their you know whole adventure starts. Is they need to go to Donna and they need to you know look into this missionary group. Like what's <laughs> going on?
0: Well, and then it's like right after that we see that the children do not, in fact, go out to spread the word of the path. They actually go on a mission to steal artifacts. Mm-hmm. They And that's what Yana is involved in. Yeah,
1: so, like, Marta is, like, completely unaware that her cousin's job is actually just stealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get the feeling, there's a lot of, like, I mean, there's a lot of, like, butting heads in this group with the children, because it's Yana and Kor, so they're both children, and then there's um, trees, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, trees. And he's just like there. He's kind of jealous of their relationship. He <laughs> kind of likes Core. Um, but yeah. So the, the three of them are the children. I think I don't know how early on it is in the book, but Yana makes it clear that she's not happy in the path of the open hand. And her, she's mentioned it before to Core. You know, like we should run away and have a life outside the path core's you know a little dedicated not not to the level that marta is but core's mother is very ill and um one thing that the mother did was she found something or she did something to improve you know core's mother's health so core feels a little bit i think like in debt to the mm-hmm. path because of that. And also just feeling guilty that her mother's sick and she wouldn't want to, you know, run away. And.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's also where the tension comes in with the Herald, um, because the Herald is very much embedded in this religion. A lot of part of the reason, because, you know, his wife is sick and they're helping his wife. Right. So he feels like he needs to repay this debt and, and, you know, he doesn't want his daughter to leave him and things like that. And Marta is somebody who, if she knew just how badly, you know, Yana wanted to get out, like she would be devastated because she doesn't understand why anybody would want to leave the path. She sees the path as such like an opening and accepting home because they were displaced, you know, and people seem to be afraid of her and things like that. Um, So she doesn't understand why people wouldn't want to be a part of that. And I think it's interesting um, that Marta doesn't keep it a secret that she talks to this Jedi. Um, She does tell Kevmo, and he is invited to the Path so that he can kind of see their ways. And I I really liked that. I I think it's interesting that the Path present this idea of we have nothing to hide, but it's also because most of the Path members don't know that, like, there's other things going on. Yeah,
1: I also, like... That part was so nerve-wracking because Yana just tells Marta, like, go invite him. And doesn't, like, Yana, like, does not consult anyone. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, like, is this going to, like, turn on Yana? Like, does she have that kind of, like, power to make a decision like that? And then she goes back to the mother and to the elders and the herald and says – you know what she told marta to do is to invite him back and the herald's like what the heck <laughs> like the herald's like that's a horrible idea and then the mother's like no it was a really good idea yana so the mother yana is so okay. like
0: you want to talk about the queen of gaslight gatekeep girl boss it is
1: the, it's mother. the mother and now she has her orb and she strokes it like it's like a pet like it's like a cat yeah. <laughs> and um, everyone who sees it, like Yana especially, is like, it's like eerie. Like it makes her
0: uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. The mother is a character. Yeah. Well, we we kind of glossed over this. So like Kor is a little bit force sensitive. And mm-hmm. so she gets like a really bad feeling about these artifacts that they're stealing. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of assume that if these are force artifacts, these are not light, light side artifacts. <laughs> these are not to yeah. be messed with kind of thing. Um, so, (laughs) Marta is told by the mother that she needs to figure out her place within, you know, the path. It's not going to be, you know, going off as one of the children and things like that. And so, she is told that she or she decides that she needs to go to Jeddah. Like, she needs to represent the path. She needs to spread the gospel. Yeah. She wants to take Yana with her, and Yana's thinking, like, um, no, I want out. Yeah, because, like, the whole thing with Jeddah
1: is that there's, like, a force council there that has representatives from each, like, force group religion there. So, like, the, you know, the of the Wills, the Jedi... The priests like each have a leader, but the path doesn't actually have a leader in this group. Like they are not represented because they are very like shunned. Like they're like on the outskirts. They actually the path was formed by someone who left the Wills mm-hmm. because they had these feelings that the force was not being balanced well because people were just taking and taking, taking and not giving. Mm-hmm. So this religion, re- this religion is all about giving. And not receiving anything back from the force is just like you give mm-hmm. um so marta is like wow there's this you know council and i feel like our religion needs to be represented there because then our ideals will be heard and maybe they will hear us out and the jedi will be more respectful of the force and wouldn't that be great for all of
0: us to live in harmony <laughs> <laughs> well it's so interesting because like. Every conversation she has with Kevmo, it's, like, e- even though, again, like, they're disagreeing. Like, he's telling her about these things. And he's, like, very supportive of her yeah, ideas. Yeah, he is. He's, mm-hmm. like, you should go. Like, you guys should be represented. Like, you have a voice and you have a, you know, relationship with the Force, just like all of these other people. Like, mm-hmm. you absolutely should. And I do think it's, <laughs> it's kind of telling that um, he he's just a padawan you know like his master is not really like privy to any of this well i was gonna say like kevin actually very honest with his
1: master true both emotions and feelings he's having but mm-hmm. she when
0: when he tells her things like that he's she's just like mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's very much like um sweetie no <laughs> Like yeah, I don't like, think she's really I taking say it seriously. She's like
1: condescending at all. No. Like she's a good master. She's very understanding of him and listens. But I don't think that in her mind it's ever serious that this is going to happen.
0: Which I guess makes sense because Kevmar, Kevmo is somebody who like flirts with everybody and things like that. So he, she probably just thinks that it's just another time like that yeah you know it's a it's an infatuation it's gonna Mm -hmm. fade you know he's young it's fine um unfortunately he picked the wrong girl to become infatuated yeah
1: I actually find like Zala and Kevmo really well suited for each other as Padawan Mm -hmm. and Master because they're very opposite um it's like I'll say this like Zala is
0: like a cat and Kevmo's like a dog Oh, Kevmo is, like, the biggest, like, golden retriever energy. Yeah. Like, he's just so happy and sweet and just, yeah, 100%. So, things take a turn when the mother decides that um, her children, so Yana, Kor, um, they are going to break into the Graf compound which if you've read phase 1 you know that the graffs are kind of the counterpart to the santecas they are a very wealthy and influential family so breaking into their compound is kind of like um girl bestie what do <laughs> you why yeah it's like what's so pro- like what's so valuable there mhm so this is where sunshine comes back um mm-hmm. cuz he takes them there and, you know, Marta's told that her cousin is leaving. Um, Yana reads about a Jedi and a senator falling in love during this time. Um, but when they get there, things go wrong. Um, they are attacked. And Trees is killed. Um, Kor is extremely injured and then eventually does succumb to her energy, uh, to her injuries. So yeah. Yana is the only one who makes it out alive.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, like, while this is all happening, there is a flood at the compound. I was so stressed during this flood, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. This is such a stressful part of the book. (laughs) So, there is, like, heavy, heavy rain on Dalna, and everywhere starts flooding. And because, um, the path compound is actually, like, underground tunnels, it starts, um, flooding. And so, Kevmo is tasked by Zala to take care of the path because Zala has to go help do other things on the planet um so you know Kevmo goes down in the in the tunnels and finds that there is um there are babies that are stuck with their father I think forget what this the species was for them they were yeah, I, I can never
0: remember the species name. and it's um, it's an interesting family unit because there's actually like three parents. yeah, um, it's, the gender's it's, a little fluid,
1: yeah. so so there were uh, there were some babies stuck in this cave. and surprise, surprise, Kevmo is tasked with using the force to save them because it's the only way to save them. And he does. everyone's okay. And, you know, when they're finally back at safety, he kind of doesn't know what to expect from Marta, like, her thoughts on that. And, and Marta just kind of nods at him, like, an approval. Like, a, not not that she, like, approves completely, but it's like, yeah, like, you needed to do this. And after that, Marta kind of goes through a little bit of questioning of her ideals, like, being like, well, like, would the Force really want those babies to die? Like, who who's dead now because we saved those babies? Like, well, how did it ripple into something else? So she's questioning a lot. And Big existential idea. energy, yeah. No, existential. So, like, I'm like, wow, like, redemption. Like,
0: yeah, like, there, she's going to leave the path with her cousin. Like, this is great. Because well, that was the plan, right? So... While that's happening, you know, Yana is off on this, you know, basically suicide mission um, because she finds out that the mother did, in fact, send them there to die. So, like, Mm -hmm. Sunshine dropped them off and was instructed to warn the grafts of them coming. And so they were all supposed to die because they were questioning the mother. She did not want them to come back. So, Yana surviving was like a big, you know, that wasn't supposed to happen. Um, And Yana does tell Marta about this she's like you know core like core died because of the mother like the mother does not have your best interest at heart she wants to kill the mother she is so upset and she does convince marta to leave with her so like marta's having all of these questions yana knows that this isn't the place for them and marta now trusts kevmo to get them off the planet so like yeah everything seems like it you know we're headed towards Good things. Yeah, it's like, it's like,
1: oh yeah, the Jedi, I have a good relationship with them. Zala and Kevmo are going to get me off this planet. Everything is great, right? Everything's great. Nothing could go wrong. Right. Nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> well, you know, Yana comes back very upset. Um, I, I'm very angry, saying that she's going to kill the mother for, you know, being responsible for Kor's death. Um, Marta's pretty upset by this because she confronts Marta about it and Marta's kind of in disbelief that the mother is capable of this.
0: Which, like, her her feelings are very tangled because she does see the mother, like, almost as, like, her own mother. Yeah. So it it it, it is very hard for her to reconcile that.
1: Um. So she... But then she finally... One thing I'll say about Marta is she's a really good listener and even though she is lost in her own like existential crisis like figuring out what she believes she's very good at listening to Yana's feelings she agrees to like leave with Yana right um but then the Herald gets his like uh soldier people to attack the Jedi when they mention the missing artifacts to the mother and then something crazy happens <laughs> Um, The little purple orb hatches. It was an egg. (laughs) It was an egg, yeah. And we have those, you know, egg prophecies. Yeah, um, long time listeners will know about the obsession we had with the egg prophecy. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we had good times. Good times. Danger of the past is not past, but sleeps in an egg. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, so, I mean, this is the egg that they were talking about. It wasn't Mm -hmm. anything else. It was this. Um, So the purple egg hatches. Um, It's a little creature thing. It latches onto Zala. And Zala just turns to stone. Where have we seen that before?
0: The leveler.
1: (laughs) Um, So we just saw, like, the baby leveler. Um, I got, like, strong, like, alien vibes whenever there's, like, a hashing of, like, some sort of weird creature. It's, like, always very alien. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and the other thing about the leveler is it's growing very quickly. Because, like, moments after this happens, it's already, like, the size of a touca cat. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes even bigger, like, um, like a char hound. Um, So after, you know, it turns Zala to stone, it starts going after Kevmo and grabs his leg, but very like quickly and like Kevmo gets away very quickly. So you're like, oh, Kevmo's fine. He's not fine. He's not fine. (laughs) He um, runs away, but then he turns into stone in Marta's arms Mm -hmm. and Marta
0: takes his lightsaber. She does. And I think that's very interesting. Because Marta, from, like, here to the end, and then when we see her again in the next book, has this really interesting connection now, like, with the Jedi, because she she got to the point where she believed in Kevmo, she trusted Kevmo, and then to see him killed in this way, like, being turned to stone and seeing how these Jedi react to the leveler is so interesting, because, like the team for high republic created such an interesting threat where if you are force sensitive these creatures bring out your this fear like this great fear to the point where like they are literally incapacitated like fetal position on the floor so they are terrified and then these creatures feed off of their energy until literally there is nothing left of them and they turn to stone and the mother uses this to convince the path that this is because the Jedi meddle with the Force. Like, because they don't mm-hmm. let the Force be free, that is why these creatures kill them.
1: Yeah, so, like, Marta's no longer having this crisis anymore. She is, like, rightly, like, not rightly, like, <laughs> like she is swayed firmly. by the mother firmly. Um. That she is now, like, fully with the path. Mm-hmm. Um, the other interesting thing that happens is that the um, the creature, the baby leveler, is um, kind of, like, attracted to Yana.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the mother says that Yana is, like, the chosen one to be, the champ- like, the champion of the leveler. I don't know if that's, like the master of it, maybe, like... Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. The owner. Um, But this only happens because Yana has stolen back the Rod of Seasons, and it's under her robes. So... Yes. The leveler is attracted to this artifact.
0: Yes. So, like, this is one of the artifacts that, like, they were being tasked to steal. Um, And so it can be assumed that the mother wanted this rod because she knew that the leveler was going to be attracted to it and it would be a method of controlling it. So it's attracted to Yana because of that. Um, And they've decided now, you know, that they have this leveler, they have this creature, like they can finally like freely spread their gospel and like the gaze electric, like this big spaceship that they they were building is ready. And so they're going to move this community onto the gaze electric and they are going to go out into the universe to Mm -hmm. spread the word of the path.
1: It's interesting when they're talking about going into space, talking about the Gaze electric and saying like, Oh, it's space ready, but it doesn't really have, I guess a lot of decor. I don't know what they're saying. Like, it's not like pretty yet. And there's not a lot of like bells and whistles to it, but it's flyable. And, um, I'm not sure how that's going to – I mean, you've read the next book. I'm, like, wondering, like, if that causes any problems, that it's not, like, fully ready yet. hmm
0: I do think it's interesting. Um. So I will say this. I, where I was envisioning them going with the gaze electric and, like, what I thought was, like, next for the path doesn't play out the way that I thought it was going to based off of the end of this book. That's, like, okay. the one disconnect, I would say, with Path Because it seems of like they're going to Jetta. They are going to Jeddah, ok. They are going to Jeddah um because the convocation of the force is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And this is where, like, if you want to know more about Jeddah and especially to like bridge the gap into path of vengeance, you read the battle for Jeddah um because everything goes wrong. Um, but they also explore it in the comics. Um, so the main theme of the this run of the higher public, which is by Kevin Scott, is that, artifacts are going missing on Jeddah. i wonder who could be doing that you know <laughs> um so they're looking into that the path is causing trouble and things like that um and it is really interesting because marta now fully believes in the path like all of this questioning she was doing was easily put to the side because of of the mother. Like, the mother is, like, mm-hmm. using this creature to show that, like, the Jedi deserve what is coming to them. Mm-hmm. And she she uses their devotion against them. Yeah.
1: And, like, the last little part of the book, we have this Jedi, Aslan, who we um, saw at the very beginning in the prologue doing, working on a mission with Kevmo and Zala. And she gets, um, sorry, they get um, an emergency message to rec- to check on Zala and kevmo and that's where they go to find the remains of kevmo and Zala which are basically just dust now yeah um, and he's terrified like the end the book ends with him just you know being absolutely terrified
0: hmm well because there's no evidence there's no clue as to what happened to them because mm-hmm. the, the path is gone. Like, where he finds them is in these abandoned caves. There's nobody there. And these Jedi have been completely turned into dust. Like, they've never seen this before. And there's nobody around. Like, nobody knows what on earth could have happened to them. And I I do find it interesting that, and this happens, like, later. I'm like, they really sent this one guy to check. And then they they find out that they were turned into dust, and then they don't think to follow up on that immediately. Um, that was just one thing that I found kind of interesting. Um, I was not expecting Kevmo to die.
1: No, I wasn't either. No. But it was um, shocking, and it was also... I liked that the book went there. Mm-hmm. It, like, really... Um, I guess, challenged my expectations because, you know, every YA romance novel that we've gotten from Star Wars has been, like, this romance between two characters. And mm-hmm. usually, like, it ends at least a little bit happy. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm saying that talking about Lost Stars where it's... It's bitter. It it's a little bit bitter at the yeah. end. But, like, it still centers around this romance... Um kind of defying all odds Mm -hmm. (laughs) and in this book it does not defy all odds um he dies
0: yeah i kind of think that in this context especially because you know we went back in time so like this is the origins like we know that somehow this path is going to become the nile somehow that's gonna happen. So, like, a relationship between a PATH member and a Jedi isn't gonna fix anything yet. So, I think that this was used to show the reader that it's not gonna go the way you think. Like, even though all of this amazing growth and work was done with Marta, she is so in the thrall of this cult that, like, it wasn't enough. Like, it couldn't break her out of it because she's so in it right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is romance in the second book, too, um, with Marta and somebody else. And I think that that's fascinating. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I I think it's fascinating because Marta, to me, is such, like, a loyal member in this book. And then the second book, you almost see, like, kind of like a sexual, like, darkness awakening coming from her okay like growing up like she she yeah. feels like a a kid
1: in this book yeah so the second books about feels, her growing up
0: i i think um the events on Jeddah and then kind of her place with the mother and things like that she really starts to like question even more and she starts to kind of come into her own. You know how like we would talk about with Rey, um, especially in the Last Jedi, with how she, mm-hmm. um, how just like the way that she was feeling and things like that. I think that we do see that with Marta here. She's kind of going on this like feminine journey. I can see her overtaking the mother. I, yeah, like, honestly, she's in this really interesting position. Because, like, if anybody's going to, like, dethrone the mother, it would be Marta. But then, like, the question then becomes, is that for better or for worse? Probably for worse.
1: (laughs) Just, like, knowing where things go. But I'm really excited to see where this character goes. Like, Mm -hmm. I love Marta. I love Yana. And I think that the next book is really going to, like, challenge their relationship.
0: Oh, yes. I... The second book is where I really loved Yana. Like, I fell in love with the character mm-hmm. of Yana. Um, it's very fascinating. And I just like Justina Ireland. I don't know what she does with characters, but it, it's like magical. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because like I love Vernestra Rowe, and like Vernestra Rowe is Justina's baby. And I think that her and Tessa Grattan just did something really special when they created Marta and. Um, Yana and you know when you have that and then you hand it off to another author it's like mm, are they gonna do them justice and like, Kevin really took that and just ran with well, it Well, I think we've been waiting for a long time for Kevin to write YA yeah <laughs> and like this that book also shows me that like he can do female characters really well good 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 yes <laughs> Um, yeah, I absolutely adore Path of Deceit, and, like, I'm, I'm so excited to see this duo again with Defy the Storm, because it's gonna be, like, a sequel to, um, Out of the Shadows, which was just Justina, so to see Tessa Gratton brought onto that as well, I think it's gonna bring a really interesting energy to it. I really do hope, though, that we get to see Cavan return and write more YA as well I hope Star Wars takes advantage of that because like he does really well with the comics and I almost like when I read a comic that's not from Cavan, I I can feel it you know so I really hope that they take advantage of that as long um, along with Justina and Tessa so is there anything else that you want to add about Path of Deceit
1: I don't think so. I am going to get started on Path of Vengeance.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait to talk about Path of Vengeance. So we're thinking next time. We might do a little speak now, lipstick and lightsabers
1: version. I guess it depends if I read Path of Vengeance, because if I do get that read, then better to do it while it's still fresh in my brain. So it depends if I finish Path of Vengeance. But if not, we'll do something speak now
0: Mm -hmm. yes if you listen to our red episode you know Mm -hmm. we did a little something for red so that would be very very exciting i am like beyond excited for you to read path of vengeance Mm -hmm. like i i don't want to say that i like it more than lost stars because i don't think you can compare them kevin (laughs) kevin (laughs) he really did it though um So, like I said at the top of the show, um, we really recommend that if you want to support the strike for SAG-AFTRA, I am going to have a link down in the description if you want to donate to help with financial Mm -hmm. assistance of the strikers. Um, We are still on Twitter. Um, We will be on Twitter until we physically cannot be anymore. Shannon, it's not called Twitter anymore. (laughs) I don't care. X, it makes me want to throw up. I know. <laughs> um, it's so if sad. You're, if you're not on there, um, we are also on Instagram at lip underscore lightsabers. Both of those names, that's where we are. Um, so if you want to keep the conversation going or if you want to add anything, if you have like book recommendations, that would be very mm-hmm. much appreciated. We would love that. Yeah, Shannon forward. was
1: saying, you know, she's in a bit of a slump not reading like the best books. Yeah. So if you have a good rack, that would be very much appreciated. I need that really bad. Maybe uh, you need to do that um that book um thing where it's like, oh, this is your favorite Taylor um, that's album true. and it gives you a blind date with a book based off of your
0: favorite Taylor album. That is true. I have trust issues. But- I know.
1: <laughs> no, it's true. Like, I probably would like love to just do the T- tell me what the book is and then yes, I'll decide like, if i and if, buy I, if, it I, if myself. I'm myself like, oh
0: I like folklore <laughs> so you give me a book but then like let me let me just dis- let me read about it first type of yeah. vibe um but yeah if you have book recommendations or want to talk about Path of Deceit more um you can mm-hmm. find us on Instagram and um the other app the bird app um <laughs> at MacArthur Shannon and at Alex Leonis and we'll see you guys next time bye bye